these were people that were such participants in the formation of the very culture they're leaving that that you can't leave that culture without being critiqued by it right that's where it really bites you is that you've you've created a culture of critique Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Vox Podcast. My name is Mike. So glad you are tuning in. Thank you as always for allowing us to be a small part of your life. And I am joined today. I need a, a, for some reason, I'm compelled to give clothing updates just because I'm looking at the people we're talking to and I want you to have them in mind as they're speaking. So I'm looking at Tim Stafford. Tim clearly has woken up, has not showered. He's wearing some sort of a very, there's a deep sort of V that, that has chest hair coming out of it. And uh, I, I feel like... it up if it's distracting. Well, I feel like um, like the word Chris Christofferson comes to mind. And I don't, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe that's a hangover from, you know, 70s music or something. But you just kind of have that Chris Christofferson vibe today. Christofferson's a sexy beast. I'll take it. Okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, and then, as always, representing the, uh, the almost separate nation of Texas... We have um, we have Bonnie and Bonnie, just give us a bit of a hair update if you would. You know what? I straightened it. And 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 I don't know. And if it's the, glorious. I don't know if people understand <laughs> how long does that take. It didn't. You know, it wasn't too bad because now you have you know tools to get it done. Okay. So it well, if you do you want the drying process as well. Yes, give me the whole the whole scenario. So. It, it's, so you sh I have to shower at okay. night and then it dries, but my hair is so thick it won't dry overnight. Oh. So it takes a full 24 hours to dry. Okay. Then I use the straightener and that takes another 45 minutes. Okay. All right. So that's why it's never straight. So, well, <laughs> and, and, and yet again, I'm reminded that for many baldness is a curse but for others, it's a gift. And there so, you go. so, okay. But, but it looks fantastic. Well, thank you, you. Look, you look like a million bucks. And then, and then today <laughs> we are joined representing. So we've got Northern Cal, we've got Texas, we've got Ohio represented, but we have Southern California in the house. Our very own favorite Andy Laura is here. Andy Ooh, and Andy. The crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> and Andy, um, I, I know you've had short, you cut your hair off a while ago, but it's the first mm -hmm. time I've kind of seen it live. Oh, and okay. Can you give me the, can you give me the, cause I mean, Andy, Andy has cool hair regardless, but what's the thought process? When, at what, at what point did it become like, I think this needs to, to, to go. Lice. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, with children. <laughs> wow. That's a one word answer. Okay. And and it was I mean it, it wasn't as long as it was before. Uh no, it absolutely was. Oh, was yeah, it? Yeah, it was it was yeah, it just I I'd done a better job of actually like getting it cut more frequently to kind of make it right. Before it was just I like barely ever cut it. And so it was just like this metal mane, you know, oh, that just kind glorious. of glorious. Yeah, where this time it it all fell right, but the length was actually pretty close. It was about okay. the same, but okay. yeah, the um, <laughs> yeah, the sad thing is Rhodes, uh, Rhodes got lice, and oh, um, man. Oh, and then man. actually, 
gave it to all of us. Well, there's <laughs> so a lot of hair. Right. There's a lot of hair in your family. There's a lot of hair in the family. So we had to kind of go through that whole process. That's not fun. But it was like, it was like the thing we, we resolved it once. And then it was like three months later, it came back. And it, he was going to this preschool and he's not oh. in that school anymore. And lo and behold, he doesn't have lice. Oh. So it's just, you know, it's like, it's obvious it was going around at that school. So oh. um, anyhow, it, it was and around uh, and around again. Yeah. So, um, but now it was also some of the same reasons I had even cut it before just cause, uh, it's with younger kids and I was bending over a lot and it was just becoming a problem. And, you know, like Bonnie said, she knows, you know, 24 hours to dry, 45 minutes to, to straighten, you know, shampoo, conditioner. It's too much. I need, I need less, less problems in my life I, right now. I'm, um. I have so much sympathy for you guys and your in your hair trouble. When I saw when I when I saw Andy in person after he had cut his hair, oh, yeah. I, I've already told him this. I don't know what it was. I think I felt a kindredness towards Andy because of my hair. That when he cut it, I had my gut reaction was this weird. Why didn't you tell me? It's a betrayal. <laughs> I, I felt betrayed. I was, was like, oh, my gosh, you went and did this. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, I, I think it was it. the kindred spirit. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Andy, how are, how are you? Oh, and Andy, by the way, is wearing a T-shirt that says sleepless, at least on the top of it, Yeah, which is so fitting for him as he has, has three children under the age of what? <laughs> oh, uh, under the age of seven. Yep, and one more expected in December. Yep. So, yep. sleepless is Andy's sort of life motto these days. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. That's but, it. But how are you? What are you up to these days? Um, man, uh, we just got done from like a summer of a lot of just trips. You know, a bunch of we did like two family camps and a bunch of things, um, and that was uh, a lot of fun. A lot of really good family time. Um. Yeah, kind of coming back from that, it, I've been home, I guess, for two and a half weeks and um, kind of just kind of figuring out what, what life is like next. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm not I'm not working at, at Box Community um, anymore. We, we actually transitioned that staff to a fully volunteer staff. That's amazing. So it's, it's amazing. I mean, I continue cool. to just be shocked and amazed at, you know, how committed that community is to what... Um, what has come out of this podcast and, mm-hmm. and what kind of came over the course of two years of living that out. And so um, it's it's absolutely fantastic. So, I've, I've, you know, I talk with some of the guys over there pretty frequently and get updates and it's it's great. But uh, that being said, yeah, I don't I don't know. I got I got some ideas in, in the can and trying to figure out which one works and kind of just working on some things. But just freelancing some work right now. Um, yeah. and, and, and Andy likes words uh, mm-hmm. dot com. Yep, is the place for all that. So if, if that's the place our, for all that. If any of our listeners is like, dude, I, I wonder if if Mike knows anybody who could brand, market, produce. Um, uh, yeah, I do. His name's Andy, and he is <laughs> he is sleepless in San Jose, sleepless in San Joaquin. He's up anyway. Sleepless. Right. He's up anyway. Right. Might as well be doing your website. I'm up anyway. That's right. And I guess I guess we can't go without giving a proper licensing credit to my buddy Evan, who started this company. So that's nice. You know, we are we are sleepless.com. If you want to check out these shirts, they are the Ooh. best. Oh, nice! So. A, pa- a parenting line. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it actually it, kind of is. That's a. Th- I mean, that's like it's. That's why oh, it's that's successful. Perfect. Oh, I'll that's, be honest. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, dear listener, if if you're new to the podcast, Andy, Andy, and I started this thing almost four years ago, and so Andy is 
he he started out as a producer, but by the third episode, he was massively co-hosting, and so it's just so fun. Um, but but he and I were talking this week about some of these very um, uh, visible deconversion stories that are happening among some some well-known Christians, um, and and uh, you know in in, in recent years you know people like bart campolo and frank schaefer um you know children of these very famous sort of evangelical figures have kind of lost their faith uh michael gunger earlier this year or last year i don't remember which um and then earlier i don't know within the last month or so at the time of this recording a guy named josh harris who had written a book uh he was 21 i think when he wrote it and uh it was about yeah i know who yeah, I know. We we gotta. I mean, yeah. Okay, we'll get to that. But but <laughs> I, I'm not taking marriage and sex advice anymore from anyone under the age of fifty. All right. So I just uh, I, I'm done. I'm done with that. Um, but he sort of uh, renounced and renounced is too strong a word for him. He just doesn't know. But a, but a guy recently named Marty Sampson. Uh, did you guys know who this was? I'm not. I'm not huge mm-hmm. into the Hillsong worship thing. Yeah, I actually yeah. saw him. Yeah, I saw him play at uh, at Nokia uh, at Staples Center or near the Staples Center, Nokia Theater. Like maybe probably like, like eight years ago. So, so, so uh, this is saying he was part of Hillsong Worship, Hillsong United, Delirious, and Young and Free. Right? Yeah, Which Homeboy is like huge. he's like the one of the major backbone players of Hillsong. Period. Okay. Like just in the past, like entire like legacy of Hillsong. Okay. So, yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Hillsong is a church, but it's a movement, and it's very well known for its worship. Um, it's really, uh, I don't know, what would you guys say? It's kind of revolutionized the face of Christian worship um, in, in a way that, that bridges gaps. Um, or homogenized, whichever word you'd like to use there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, anyway, so... Uh, he put out, and this is this is what Andy and I were were texting back uh, forth on. Um, he, uh, I'm trying to find. He said, "Okay." Um, he he uh, put on his Instagram post, and I guess it's deleted now. So he said, "Time for some real talk." I'm genuinely losing my faith, and it doesn't bother me. Like what bothers me now is nothing. I am so happy now, so at peace with the world. It's crazy. This is a soapbox moment, so here I go. How many preachers fall? Many. No one is talking about it. How many miracles happen? Not many. No one talks about it. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. How can God be love, yet send 4 billion people to a place all because they don't believe? No one talks about it. Christians can be some of the most judgmental people on the planet. They can also be some of the most beautiful and loving people, but it's not for me. He said he doesn't consider himself in anymore and desires genuine truth, not just the I believe it kind of truth. Um, He writes, science keeps piercing the truth of every religion. Lots of things help people change their lives, not just one version of God. Uh, Got so much more to say, but for me, I'm keeping it real. Unfollow if you want. I've never been about living my life for others. Um, uh, it, Christianity just seems like another kind of religion at this point. I could go on, but I won't love and forgive. Absolutely. Be kind. Absolutely. Be generous and do good to others. Absolutely. Some things are good, no matter what you believe. Let the rain fall. The sun will come up tomorrow. 
All right, so this this created, um, needless to say, a, a few waves. Um, did you guys all did you guys all see that Instagram post or at least yeah. see it referenced? Yeah, I saw the reference. I didn't. See, I didn't. I don't follow him, so I didn't. It didn't actually show up in my my feed. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. But by but people I do follow were commenting on it, and um, and then Andy sent an article um, from the Christian Post, which I, I don't know. Um, I didn't know we had a Christian <laughs> Post, but evidently we do. I love that old school name. The Christian Post. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just it's like you know what you have relevant. We're the Post. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> we don't Perfect. need to be relevant. We deliver on horseback. I That's like it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and the name might be too telling for the tone of the article too. But oh, it's uh, yes. So Andy, why don't you why don't you summarize so the article's called Joshua Harris made the right decision, here's why. Okay. See, naturally, when a guy leaves his faith and a Christian magazine or, or publication chimes in and says, like, he made the right decision, I got to read yeah. that. I know. <laughs> right? It's clickbait all day long. Um, yeah, so it, it's an it's a pretty, like, pretty interesting response. Um, it's it's definitely packed in a, a an ideology that, that – but this is the thing that stood out to me. Like, um, uh, I guess we kind of need to – I don't have it up here. I, I definitely I have it. I didn't bring up Josh. I have okay. it if you want. So may, maybe can you quickly summarize what Joshua Harris said in regards to his leaving? If you want, I have it too. Can you just bullet point that since you have it in front of you? Oh, because it was about Joshua Harris. Oh, it wasn't about Marty. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to... okay. It wasn't about Marty. It was about Joshua Harris. And oh. so, but 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 it's like talking about. Obviously, we're going to talk about how Marty, you know, shared what he, what's going on. Uh, with also how Joshua shared what's going on because those are were different, you know, in their in the way. Bonnie, they, do you have Josh's Joshua's yeah. post up? Yeah, I do. Okay, go ahead and read that that one, and then I I can comment on the article or read bits of the article. Okay, he said, "My heart is full of gratitude. I wish you could all see the messages people sent me after the announcement of my divorce." So he also he announced he was divorced or getting a divorce, and then he came out with this one. Um, they're, they are expressions of love, though they are saddened or even strongly disapprove of my decision. I am learning that no group has the market cornered on grace. This week, I've received grace from Christians, atheists, evangelicals, ex-evangelicals, straight people, LGBTQ people, and everyone in between. Of course, there have also been strong words of rebuke from religious people. Um, while not always pleasant, I know they are seeking to love me. There have also been spiteful, hateful comments that angered and hurt me. The information that was left out of our announcement is that I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction, but the biblical phrase is falling away. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me that there is a different way to practice faith, and I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there right now. Martin Luther said that the entire life of believers should be repentance. There's beauty in that sentiment, regardless of your view of God. I have lived in repentance for the past several years, repenting of my self-righteousness, my fear-based approach to life, the teaching of my books, my views of women in the church, and my approach to parenting, to name a few. But I, but I specifically want to add this to the list now. To the LGBTQ plus community, I want to say that I'm sorry for the views that I taught in my books and as a pastor regarding sexuality. I regret, I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church 
and for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry. I hope that you can forgive me. To my Christian friends, I'm grateful for your prayers. Don't take it personally if I don't immediately return calls. I can't join in your morning. I don't view this moment negatively. I feel very much alive and awake and surprisingly hopeful. I believe with my sister, Julian, that, quote, all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. Boom. All right. So can I jump in I, with the with the Christian Post article here? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. okay so then I'll pull a paragraph here. So the reason I commend Harris in how he he's handling his departure um, I, as I mentioned in my last article, a warning against progressive Christianity, the progressive church is full of those who made the same journey as Harris. The main difference between Harris and the progressive Christian is one denounced God and left the faith. The other molded God into the God they wanted, thus making an idol. Uh, for example, Harris struggled with how scripture taught on homosexuality. He has since renounced his opposition towards the union and has made steps uh, of amends with the LGBTQ uh, plus community. He did not try to manipulate the scripture as Rob Bell's or Jen Hatmakers of the world. He simply didn't agree. Instead of trying to change the Bible, he walked away. This approach is the appropriate response for Harris's sake. This is the healthiest way to go about leaving the faith. For example, if Harris decided to embrace a more progressive view of Christianity, he would become intertwined with it. The false belief would slowly rot his mind, morals, and take him slowly further from God. He would then have to walk through a theological maze back to God to undo the lie of the progressive doctrine. On the other hand, completely rejecting the faith leaves him just on the other side of belief. So we can start with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... The healthiest way to leave your faith. <laughs> that comment. Like, that's just crazy to me. Like, oh, let's talk about healthy ways to leave your faith. It's just the the thing that struck me was the jab at, you know, Rob Bell and Jen Hatmakers of the world of, of just the accusation of, oh, well, they're just trying to change scripture to make it say what they want it to say, you know, so that way the others that they love have a place in the kingdom. You know, we could kind of probably sum it up to that. I mean, the majority of you know, what we've learned from Rob and even with talking with him, it's like he's he's working as hard as he can to to try to understand, I think, what God and, and Jesus is doing amidst a lot of other things, you know, to then I <laughs> it's like what I'm hearing in this article is that if you want to return to a hard set of system beliefs, you just have to choose to disagree with them. So then when you come back, it's because you realize, oh, I was just wrong. And the, the previous set was actually correct. And that's just that's not the story at all for people who are kind of in deconstruction and then even reconstruction back. I mean, if anything, like my own story of reconstruction was to come back and actually be more flexible with the systematic form that's there and realize like this doesn't say it all, but it doesn't it's not compromising, you know, my my journey with Jesus. I think that's interesting. Even what Joshua said, though, how deconstruction language is in the Bible called falling away. Yeah. For me, it's like I never. But for me, it's like I didn't when I was in deconstruction in my 20s, I wasn't falling away like I was like my relationship with Jesus was completely intact. It was it was my struggle with, you know, how, you know, we were, you know, chasing after Jesus and living a life after Jesus. It was more of like the church form and establishment that I had to kind of be like something something is busted here and it just doesn't work. Like Jesus continued to make sense. It was just that it's kind of what, you know. I mean, I can't I can't even relate to what Marty's saying with Marty Sampson, because I feel like obviously all the comments of like no one's talking about it. It's like where where do well, you but, live? Well, you know, like everyone's talking about it. 
I think both Marty and Josh, like the stuff that they're saying, and then this Christian Post article, exactly what you're saying is in their world, that's what it's called. And in their world, no one's talking about it. But I think it should bring to light that there's a big marriage that we have here about like this box that we think systematically, like you're saying, people should fit in. And this means you're a Christian and it has to look like this. Like even for that guy that wrote that Christian Post article to go, oh, well, if he does this, he's going to go down this path and that journey and do this and do that. Like there's this obvious marriage of like, this is what being a Christian means from not only what you believe, but how you approach your faith or don't approach your faith. And so for Marty to say no one's talking about it is an obvious glare to going, well, maybe in your circles, but there's actually a bigger community where people are talking about it. Well, and and all three, both announcements and the article seem to be operating from the assumption that leaving fundamentalist evangelicalism is leaving Christianity. And that's the big lie that we've had to repudiate over the course of um, our growing up in the faith has been that it, it, it was taught to us as an all or nothing system. And you had to believe every single part of it. And if one part fell, the whole thing fell. Right. Um, this is what Rob referred to as brickianity back in Velvet <laughs> Elvis. And he gave the instead the example of a trampoline, where if you lose one of the springs, uh, you're still jumping. You're still it's still there's still something there. There's still a foundation. And even though he's his journey's taken some interesting turns, I think that image actually sp- spoke prophetically to a lot of what we're seeing. Because I would I would look I would look at Josh and say, well, yeah, the Christianity, the form of Christianity that you were in had to be unbelievably suffocating. He painted himself into a corner. There was no way in his small Calvinistic complementarian box that you could actually have some of these questions. So he had to just flush the whole thing out. And before he even grew up, I mean, he was 21. Exactly. Yeah. You know, why, who... Who would, who appoints themselves thought leaders? You know, I'm just done. I'm over it. Like, I, where are the old people? I want the old people back because yeah. talk talk to me about the guy that's been married for 50 years to a a woman who isn't available sexually because she is disabled and he has to care for her as he would an infant. And, and yet he's been, fa- I mean, like those are the people I'm interested in hearing their views of sexuality on, right? I'm just done with the, Hey, Oh, you're 25 and cool. Sweet. I'd love to hear marriage advice from you. I'm sick of hearing marital advice. And the irony is of, I was doing this, so I'm yelling at me, but I I'm sick of hearing marital advice for people who've been married like under five years. You don't know freaking anything about or what you're it's, doing it's kind of a good rule of thumb like in general because he not only hadn't been married but also <laughs> never had sex also never <laughs> kissed anyone like those should have been red flags but look at the publishing industry because this tells us too and even the music industry for both of these people 10 years ago as to what it is now in the christian yeah. sector like it was seriously all about like going to lighthouse and you were an author and you had these names and these tours and these things and it was totally. so wrapped up and we're not there anymore that's that's not what it's like anymore no and i'm guilty the thing i've always got to wrestle with is i'm guilty of all of this right i've done that i was the 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 punk who thought he knew what was going on and 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 
And so I, I'm I'm there, but I'm just I'm I, I'm just seeing the way Christianity is presented as this airtight, all-in-one system. And I'm thinking, okay, so the Christian Post article guy makes that assumption. And so his point is, well, you 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 can't reject part of the system. You need to reject all of it or you'll never come back. And if you come back, you have to come back to all of it to in order to properly come back. Does that make sense? Bonnie, you're looking all around. I'm just irritated about that's exactly right. I'm irritated yeah. of the privilege and entitlement that is so wrapped up in that line of thinking. Oh yeah. It's I mean he goes he goes on to say I believe Joshua Harris stands closer to returning to God than a progressive Christian. <laughs> like as I mentioned earlier, progressive will have to deconstruct what they come to believe walking a hard road back home. All the while Harris is under no pretense that the God endorses liberal doctrine. It's it's more so for him he does not agree with or believe in the God of the Bible, thus he's leaving. Perhaps he will one day see that God is good and is sovereign in return. Right. Like it's just like the the parameters for what it means to return is like it's wrapped up in like a very boring and thin view of the prodigal son story you know that it's like okay yeah. you realize the mess that you're in just go ahead and come back home i love you anyway you know what i mean that's like that's all it is rather than realizing how like how and come and come home means come, come back, back to, my, to what the, i'm saying you come should back come to back to the, to the same system yes the right. same system exactly yeah. when if you spent enough time reading about you know, for lack of other you know terms, because the guy's obviously making it a progressive versus you know conservative right. kind of view, which is so dumb. Which is so dumb. But like when you actually like hear from those who are kind of like leaning from you know progressive voices, you end up finding that some of these people become the most compassionate, most graceful, most nuanced, like and fantastic people who are seeing God in more color and bigger than they ever saw him before. You know, I mean, so many people that I'm seeing are like, I found God when I left all of this. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's just kind of like, well, that's interesting. It doesn't sound like, you know, you know, Christian progression naturally leads you away from God. The entire day of Christian progression was realizing culture has to change because God is doing something and this other form isn't working. And you know, we need and a new construct. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like that's like that's just the core of, of progressive Christianity is realizing that there's something wrong with the construct and we need to start asking these bigger questions to work with this. It's not a journey, an intentional journey away from God. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like, you know, and, and, and Marty said this so well, it's I mean, those are all the huge questions, hell and evil and and, um, you know, the 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 so few miracles and all of that stuff. Um, but I, I feel like, okay, so if we're in, and, I, and this was probably true for Joshua too, if we're in a version of Christianity that says you can't ask questions, then um, it seems like uh, you really need to get out of that, like entirely, yeah. right? Because Run. Jesus, Jesus wasn't like that. Paul wasn't like that. Jesus was incredibly curious um, and, and I know a lot of our, you know, a lot of our audiences, like, well, yeah, that's no duh, but there are always a few people that I think need to be reminded, like in a situation like this and that, and that not saying, I'm not saying that Joshua or Marty would have kept their faith had they been given permission to ask questions, but right. it, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't have been the same journey and they wouldn't have left it the same way had they been given permission along the way to have some of this real deep, hardcore doubt. Would you agree with that sentiment? Yes, I agree. I'm I'm kind of wondering, like, if we're really going to believe them when they say, like, we left. I think even that jargon is weird. Like, to me, right. they're just in process. 
Do you know what I mean? I think they yeah. think they have to say that because we're in this weird culture where we announce things and like write letters and like do mantras out loud that like declare stuff. Um, but I think they're just in process. And I think they've left mm-hmm. what they know to be their small box. But I right. wouldn't necessarily, nothing in there reads glaringly like I'm an atheist. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, I agree Marty with that. Even I think back to didn't he come out after that and he deleted the first post and had so much feedback that he came back with another one and said like I'm not fully renouncing my sh- my faith is just on really shaky ground right now. Well, and like yeah. mm-hmm. I'm just well, and that's the other thing. Like since when? Like you're saying, Mike. Since when is questioning and having space and going, what does this mean and why is it important? Like why do we have to associate that with shaky ground? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because, yeah, well, again, it's it's because he's coming from a structure that is built upon its own stability. Like, yeah. it's, it's all, it only works if it's stable. You that's know, it's a, like yeah. it can't. So that's his that's his own like comparison of like where he is in the form. You know, it's like it's shaky if I'm here. But it's like, yeah, but there's actually when you realize there's literally thousands and thousands of people that are in your same boat. Suddenly you're like, oh, I'm not. It's not shaky. I'm just I just stepped to a different form, you know, of that's like, process. It. Right. And, that's and, it. And, and, you know, yeah, go ahead. And so, and, but I think like, you know, with even the, the notion, cause I think we'll get to talk to, about this, but, uh, I, I've been sitting in that, like, kind of like wrestling with like, okay, all right. So now people are publicly announcing more things about these things and it's just, they feel so arbitrary and, you know, but I think there's something interesting to, to think about the fact that, okay, because, you know, um, uh, Dave Bazan, you know, went through this with Pedro the Lion, like he, uh, for years and was writing records as someone who actually wasn't believing anymore. And, and, and his Christian fandom was still following it, not really realizing that it's like this guy actually doesn't believe what he's writing. So there was like, you know, a couple years of records in which it was like he he went back and kind of confessed like, you know, I, I was kind of already out by this time, like in my thinking and my way of doing all this stuff. And um, at the time, we didn't have social media. There was no big announcements that I'm leaving my faith or I'm going through these things. Right. I think his journey is probably one that we probably we'd all be like, this is the more interesting and kind of nuanced way of doing this, but the platforms weren't there to make those big announcements. I wonder if at that time he would have. But in this case, it's like Marty has this massive public legacy about who he is. Joshua Harris. I think Joshua's need to probably publicly say something is important only because of what he was influencing is so compromised to how he sees the world now. Like I feel like he has to say something. He's like, I need people to know. Like I don't, I don't think this. I don't well, think you guys watched the more. documentary. Yeah, I watched it. And it, it, see, yeah. I feel like you see a lot of that process leading up to these yeah. announcements in there. Well, what, what, did, you, what did you see? Too. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh Dan. no, I was, I was just gonna say it is true too. He influenced, but I think he really shaped it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think like even though there was a lot of people writing about the purity movement that you see that in the documentary, his book really was the one that was like the defining thing forward, you know? So I, I agree. I think it does. Um, I think it does make sense, but right. There's, there's still the challenge. There's still the challenge of what, and this is where I, I also like I'm in and I'm out on John Cooper's response. Uh, I don't know if we want to go there yet. Cause it kind of, I think, these take us there. If you guys have more thoughts on the other stuff, well, I, I, I have was. A, oh, go no, ahead. No, whatever. I'm body. talking a lot today. I'm in a bit of a mood, <laughs> like a fired up mood. So feel free to interrupt. Well, me your hair, time. your hair's straight. <laughs> I think that's it. I mean, it's a 36 hour process, and you know there better We're be here a payoff. For it. That's yeah, exactly right. No, no. I was, <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, 
is there such a thing as renouncing? Of course. Mm. Is there such a thing as falling away? Absolutely. Um, but but the last test I would use of of somebody of somebody's allegiance to Jesus isn't whether they announce they are a Christian or are not one. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like yeah. in the world of PR and image management and virtue signaling, I just I, I don't uh, I, I, I make no judgment. I'm kind of with you, Bonnie. I'm like, well, um, then let them, let them publicly renounce and then let's see what happens in 10 years. Right. I mean, nobody yeah. takes the long view on this stuff where you're just like, man, these are, these are people who've been in this for years and it, it can be an overwhelming and suffocating culture. And so for them to have to, to push and explode out of it so big, Right. I mean, that's one theory why pastors have affairs is that they're they're just looking for an eject button and and, um, you know, they don't want to renounce anything, but they, you know, they, they engage in a behavior. Yeah, yeah, but they want out. And, and right. that says a lot about the culture we've created. That's the part that's interesting to me. Is it right. these poor guys? I mean, oh, my goodness. I, I've been on shaky ground before. I've wanted to renounce things before. Hallelujah. I uh, in that moment. Uh, or those moments, I wasn't given a megaphone to do that. Um, but 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 there's no room given for them to just be members on the journey um, and people in process. And you're just like, well, maybe they've fallen away, maybe not. I don't I don't know. My uh, my one of my kids right now is just kind of like, I'm not sure I buy this. And yeah. so you're like, oh well. Oh, to the renouncing. Oh, wow. Horrible. Whoa. No, <laughs> no. Good Lord. Like, what do okay. you do? What do you do? <laughs> yeah. You're just like, well, yeah. Well, what are your questions? Oh, those are great questions. Those are huge questions. Or right? like, I sometimes I don't think that there was an arc. Yeah. I'm like, oh, me neither, really. Like, Bonnie, I don't know what to ludicrous. tell you. <laughs> we all know it's on a hillside in Turkey. Come on. Yes. Or I think I it's it in the, the I think it's in the Midwest lives? now. Yeah, Erie, you could go. <laughs> oh, it's go Kentucky, baby. Ride some rides. Oh, good lord. Um, um, no, I agree. There isn't. Okay, I'm gonna. This is a my question, Erie. Is well to all of you, but your thought just jogged this about when you saying there's no room for these guys. I want to be the person that poses this question because I will until the day I die. Do you think that there is such? It, there's any part that there's such a response like you're saying or no uh, space for these guys to be on a journey like you're saying because and this happens to our culture too because they are these uh, white straight males that the response then is heightened because if a woman does it or even a person of color or someone who's LGBTQ you don't see the same like, oh my gosh, no, he renounced, he's all, you know, all this stuff. It's almost mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And it's kind of expected. And I'm not saying that there's different standards. I'm saying that sometimes when um, somebody who is in leadership, whether or not they still are or have been or whatever, kind of says, oh, I'm just in process. I think that that can rattle some people in a yeah. way. Yeah. And I think that's built in our culture of church, of having white straight males always be the sort of, I don't know a better way to say it, but like the spokesperson for God, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, mm. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked that there is a, there, there is something to that. Absolutely. Um, Cause I like hat maker, she just was in process. Oh, she's in process and whatever. But like, 
if a white male does it, it's like, oh my gosh, they denounce and they're blah 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 well, blah. I mean, I, I if heard I were a lot you, of I would think of Hatmaker. I heard oh, a lot too. And, She's and, probably the only one though. But to your point, I think like I don't hear a lot of other women getting as much heat as she is. Yeah. So. Oh, Rachel. Rachel got it. Um, That's true, Rachel. Yeah. That. So so I heard I heard those things. But even then, I think it was like for her, she was in process. It was like, she's like, I'm progressive and I'm in process. Nobody is like, oh, she left the faith and she's right. whatever. Right. Well, these guys, you are, know? at least Joshua said, I'm out. And then Marty's first post clear, said, I'm out. And then he's like, and maybe how, I'm and, not out. <laughs> right. Well, for, but for Rachel, a lot of trolls went after Rachel hard. I mean, mm -hmm. then even after her death, people came out saying all oh, yeah. kinds of egregious oh, yeah, things, yeah. you know, yeah. basically being like, well, that's what happens to heretics, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, you know, that's so there's definitely a hardline side of of the faith that felt like, you know, well, that's that's what happens when you become progressive, you know. So yeah. it's like while they might not have been saying like having more of the dialogue <laughs> that she's renouncing her faith, they were sitting in a seat of judgment of being like, well, this is what yeah. happens when you go down this road. And it's hard because the Christian Post article seems to lean like kind of. Oh, in that, absolutely. In weighed obviously mm -hmm. in that water. And so that's where it's just like. I'm just saying if 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 leadership is skewed to one way, then I'm asking you the question as white men here, the two of you on this panel. It doesn't seem fair that you're not allowed the same process, if that makes sense. Oh, oh, then yeah. I then I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I saying feel like, like that doesn't seem fair that you should be allowed to s s wonder and journey as anyone else, you know? Absolutely. But but I think in I think when you're so hard um, towards something. Uh, the way that Harris was towards purity culture and some of the Calvinist stuff that uh, it's a big deal. You know, it's like, like Driscoll coming out and saying that everything he taught for 20 years was wrong. He didn't say it that way, but cause that would be, that would require humility, but, but it's him, <laughs> that, but it's him <laughs> renouncing, you know, the, the young, angry reformed guys that he freaking led <laughs> Yeah, you know that they they just don't have it, and so so in a sense, I I don't I I don't know Bonnie. I'm just thinking that well, uh, these were these were people that were such participants in the formation of the very culture they're leaving, that that you can't leave that culture without being critiqued by it, right? That's where it really bites you is that you've you've created a culture of critique, and then you leave it, and so of course you're going to get blasted by that same yeah. culture that you you created. So I don't know if um, because because uh, so much of what we're familiar with is Christianity is white and male that there's a double standard there. Now I really don't know. I, I would observe it. I guess not being or being the half white male in the room is that <laughs> I think both. I think both are true from what I can see because it's that Mike's making the point that the culture itself doesn't make room for those in the culture that leave it. You know, yeah. I mean, that's like so obvious. And, and the thing is, is that's the predominant, you know, faith culture in America is predominantly white. So naturally, it seems like it's the louder voice, right? Yeah. Whereas, of course, we don't know probably about a lot of people of color going in process and women in color in process because they found groups in which they can do that in and they're not publicly yeah. blasted, right? Because they actually potentially are in a place where they have that and they are being granted that permission. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I think in some ways, maybe perhaps white men who are going through this process are finding refuge in more of like, you know, that minority bend of like, oh my gosh, like the margins accept me. And yeah. that's where they're finding it, right? And it's that the, you know, yes, there is a loss of safety in this system, I mean, I, in my opinion, I just feel like we're just we're just watching this thing crumble, 
you know, yeah. as, as the more like things get pointed out that there's just like, man, the, the hinges are really kind of coming off what we know is like fundamental evangelical, uh, you know, evangelism in the past 50 years in America is just like, you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a what do you call it? A, a, a powder keg right now, in my opinion. Well, and I and I I might be totally dumb. And I might be incredibly wrong, and none of you were surprised by either of those outcomes. <laughs> but, but I actually find this incredibly exciting and hopeful. In other words, I I am I be I'm, the more I read and and think and and wrestle with Jesus, um, the more I think He's kind of behind this whole thing, and um, I. I don't know. I'm I'm at, and I, I'm so tentative on this because I haven't fully thought it through, but but I'm I'm getting to the place where I'm like, I think this is really good news. Like mm. I think like if you look at how Jesus deconstructed the Judaism of his day, uh, it, that's a super interesting question, right? Because on the one yeah. hand, he was absolutely Torah observant. Um, he, he knew the law inside and out, you know, could quote it and blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, he kept running afoul of the Pharisees project and, 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 and he, and then, I mean, the whole temple, I mean, how he critiqued it is super interesting. And so there was this quote by Erwin McManus, I don't know, 20 years ago that was like, if God was willing to deconstruct the religion he started the first time, what's to say he wouldn't do it again? Mm. Right. And, yeah. and I don't know. I kind of think that That's if, cool. if God, if God's judgment, like in Romans one is giving people over, um, then what he's done is he said, okay, great. Here's your, here's your white power structure. Here's your, here's your male, uh, leadership. Here's your celebrity culture. Here's your money hunger. Here's your political, you know, wedding to political parties. And, and it's, he's just allowing it to crumble because the thing, I, the thing is so obviously not built on him anymore that, um, I, I, I'm finding, and, and they, I don't rejoice that anyone would leave their faith. No, 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 of course not. But I'm not convinced they have. So that's the first yeah. thing. Right. But yeah, I, I actually think, uh, and again, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking too much, but, but I actually think that, that God could very well be behind the chaos that we're seeing and that this is the inevitable, inevitable fruit of a, of a culture, a subculture that has not been built on Jesus for so long um, that, that if people leave the subculture, they're now deconverted. That's how, that's how ridiculous it's become. Yeah. So right. my that's take, um, my take is that this isn't, this isn't wholly a bad, a bad thing. Like, Right. And, right. and so I kind of want to, I kind of want to help. I kind of want to help deconstruct it, but, but I, but I, I'm still so compelled by Jesus and still so co compelled by the scripture and still so compelled by these other pieces. But, but I think you can just, I, I don't think you have to arrange it in the way that we've always been told you have to arrange it in order to really buy, buy in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just totally riffing, but, but, uh, as I'm hearing you guys talk, I'm, I'm, there's this incredibly hopeful thing in me going, well, hell yeah, this should we, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jesus is, is, has taken the wheel, you know, or <laughs> your prayers have finally been answered <laughs> or, or he's taking his hands off and he's going, well, guys, this is what you want, right? 
Mm-hmm. And, and our yeah. celebrity-driven consumerism, I mean, for how long have we been moaning about these things in the church? And now it's finally blowing apart. And I'm going, yes, yes, because then we actually have to have faith in something. Then we actually have to <laughs> trust something. Then we actually have to be in over our head. And maybe for once in our lives, there might be appropriate humility to the people of God that they don't actually have all the freaking answers. Well, and thank wow. God, like if God's love is when he intervenes and the blowing up is the intervention and the love and the great, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then that's awesome. I love that. I love that take. Well, I don't know. You're if always hopeful, Erie. I like that about you. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know that people would think that, but, but I, I'm, what are you laughing at Stafford? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I mean, it's, it, to, to lace, but to lace those two thoughts together, like you're, I, I, I agree with you, Mike too. And I think there's, there's wonderful beauty in that. And that's been your journey and your process. But, and even back to what Bonnie was saying too, with like the permission for, you know, those who've been influential in the church space for the, you know, the past like couple decades are predominantly white men, Mike being one of them. But it's like, when we first started this podcast, we got tons of heat. You know, from people who are just like, oh, like, oh, now you're leaving. Oh, you've gone liberal. Oh, this. Oh, that. I mean, like, we got tons of heat of the same stuff that we're seeing now just because we wanted to have the conversation. That's right. We weren't even renouncing anything. We just want to talk about it. (laughs) Right. You said the word renounce. Look at how far we've come. Well, that's true, Andy Bear. You know, so it's like we actually had to create our own space to have permission because we didn't have it. Yeah. You know, it's funny you said that. I was just talking last night about something. I said, you know, you you want you try so hard or people try so hard to get a seat at a table. And then once finally they fought their way to it, they get there and they're like, I'll eh, no, I'd rather just build my own table, you know? <laughs> and like, that's largely what you did is they're like, nobody's having these conversations and no one, I, let's start it. Let's start our own table where it really is safe to talk about anything. And we're just going to so. dive in. I hope so. Right. Yeah. Um, is it worth talking about, yeah. uh, you know, John, John's thoughts? Yeah. Why don't kind you, of... you want to read some, do you have that in front of you, Andy? Yeah, you I want do. To read some? Yeah. There, cool. I think there's some good points in here that he yeah. makes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some, there's a, some other stuff I want to sift and sort through, but, but buddy, right. I'd love to, love to have you summarize it and then give us some of your thoughts about his thoughts about Josh's and Marty's thoughts. <laughs> yes. Thoughts Truly. about thoughts about thoughts. <laughs> Thoughts exactly. on thoughts. That's thoughts all we got. Thoughts. That's all we got. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, this is, gosh, man, this is a longer one. It feels more like a rant. So I'll oh, try yeah. to like make it sound ranty as if to embody his, his intensity because his Instagram account just feels very intense. Um, so this, this is, is a, uh, yeah. this is John Cooper. He's a singer from the band Skillet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We had frying pan first, but that was taken. <laughs> so we went for Skillet. I know. And it's like one thing with band names are terrible as they are to be a Christian band name and to have a, a, an even worse name. It's just it doesn't it doesn't help your cause. So, OK, anyhow. Um, gosh, no one's going to take this guy seriously now. OK. Um, <laughs> on his Instagram, he he made a post that was passively responsive to Marty's because he, he quotes him but doesn't reference him, which is like cowardly in my opinion but here here we go um okay i'm saying it because it's too important not to what is happening in christianity 
More and more of our outspoken leaders of in, or influencers who were once faces of the faith are falling away. And at the same time, they're being very vocal and bold about it. Shockingly, they still want to influence others as they announce that they're leaving the faith. Firstly, I never judge people outside of my faith, even if they hate religion or Christianity. I have many friends who disagree with my religion. This note is for people within Christianity. My conclusion for the church, all of us Christians, we must stop all caps making worship leaders and thought leaders the most influential people, <laughs> the most influential people in Christendom. Uh, we now have a church culture that leans who that learns who God is from singers uh, singing modern praise songs rather than from the teachings of the word. We singers and musicians are good at communicating emotion and feeling. However, we are not always the best people to write solid Bible truth and doctrine. Sometimes we are too young, too ignorant of scripture, too unaware or too unconcerned about the purity of scripture and the holiness of God. We are uh, the holiness of God. We are singing to, we must teach truth to recent disavowed church leaders. First of all, I am stunned that the seemingly most important thing for these leaders who have lost their faith is to make such a bold new stance, basically saying, quote, I've been living and preaching boldly something for 20 years and led generations of people with my teachings, and now I no longer believe it. Therefore, I'm going to boldly and loudly tell people it was all wrong while I boldly and loudly lead people to my next truth, quote. I'm perplexed. Why be so eager to continue leading people when you clearly don't know where you are headed? <laughs> Second, I hear this from several of the disavowed, quote, no one talks about real stuff, quote. I'm just, I just read today in a renowned worship leader's statement, unnamed but obvious, how could a God, to, how could a God of love and send people, sorry, how could a God of love send people to hell? No one talks about it. As if he is the first person to ask this, brother, you are not that unique. The church has wrestled with this for 1,500 years. Literally everybody talks about it. Children talk about it in Sunday school. There's like a, a billion books written on the topic. Just because you don't get the answer you want doesn't mean that we are unwilling to wrestle with it. We wrestle with scripture and material. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And lastly... And most shockingly, in my opinion, as these influencers disavow their faith, they also end their statements with their new quote, new insight slash new truth. That is basically a regurgitation of Jesus's words. It's it's truly bizarre and ironic. Oh, talk about irony. They'll say I'm disavowing my faith. But remember, love people, be generous, forgive others. Um, why? That is actually not human nature. No child is ever born and says, I just want to love others before loving myself. I want to turn the other cheek. I want to give my money away to others in need. Those are Bible principles uh, taught by a prophet slash priest slash king of kings who wants us to live by a higher standard, which is not an earthly standard, but rather the quote kingdom of God standard. Therefore, if Jesus is not the truth, then by preaching Jesus' teachings, you are endorsing the words of a madman, a lunatic who said, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, quote. So why then would a disavowed Christian leader promote that generosity is good? How would we know what is good without Jesus' teachings? I'm amazed that so many Christians want the benefits of the kingdom of God, but with the caveat that they themselves will be the king. Oh, boom! <laughs> 
<laughs> it is the time for it is time for the church to rediscover the preeminence of the world and to value the teachings of the word. We need to value truth over feeling, truth over emotion, and what we are seeing now is the result of the church raising up influencers who did not supremely value truth, who have led and influenced a generation. And now those disavowed leaders are proudly still leading and influencing boldly away from the truth. Um so he he puts a Bible quote after all of this. But, uh, <laughs> oh, he puts a Bible quote. Skill wow. Yeah, it's it's Didn't like this was like he coming. obviously emailed. He like he like screenshot an email. Like it's it's in like there's he must have been like in an email thread with like some friends because it's like for me the tech savvy guy can point this out because there's like seven lines of reply in the email thread. So he's, I'd love to see the rest of this conversation, Yeah. but there's, there's a green reply that includes a Bible quote and a couple other little things, but that, Ooh, yeah. that's the, that's the gist of it. Not the gist, but I mean, that's the whole thing. Right. Right. And so, okay. So let's, what's, what's he say that's true? Um, in my opinion, I mean, the, I think what he's observing from an inside out point of view is that the church is building influencers that have this celebrity mindset when I don't, I think the church is simply has sidecar cultures kind of growth of celebrity worship over the past, you know, 40 years. So I think it's, it's, that's been, we're seeing that in just general markets of how people, you know, garner attention towards themselves and their business and their personal brand and all of that. The church was just wrapped up in it, you know, much like I think the church became wrapped up in its politics. I mean, we didn't, um, I don't like, I do think some more fundamentalists, probably through the like eighties into the nineties, like kind of steer towards more like, Oh, if you become a big pastor, like you can really like sell some books and make some money. And I think it was leaning more towards like prosperity. It's a little different now in the past 10 years. It's more like, I think there was a bit of a, a public kind of, you know, social theology, if you want to call it that, that was like, if you're a Christian, you better be telling people about it. And the best way to tell people about it is you better be doing it on social media. And then eventually on social media, it was like, oh, not only can I say it, but now I can stylize it and I can actually like sell ideas and I could kind of quote, now we have language for it, which is influencer and ambassador. And so there now there's this responsibility with like our social media accounts of what we put out there, how consistent is it, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, I think, yes, he's making, it's true that the church needs to stop perpetuating that. 100 percent and we need to i mean i talked about that on episode 200 like the mm -hmm. church's obsession you know with with, with this celebrity inter intertwined culture yeah um so i i agree with him on that part mm -hmm. i think that's a truth all right what um, else what else um i think that <laughs> i wrestle I, I don't know i don't know how to, how to i can't i don't think i can just like hardline answer or what else i i, I wrestle with like his uh, his rant on, you know, there's no emotion, there's no feelings, none of that kind of stuff, and just say like we just we just have to be all about the truth. Like I feel like I've heard a lot of that in the past ten years from from pastors that I don't <laughs> dig, and so that's where I'm kind of like it's 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 wrapped up in a lot of stuff, and I just think it's ironic that it's like why did you go to social media? You're like you're literally it's like that's the irony to me. Right. It's like why I'm like yeah, but but here you are saying you're not you know that you're trying to announce to Christians this is how the faith should be and you're not doing anything different than these guys are doing you know but it's like but you're in a band and you've got a voice so you feel the need to do it like it just that's that's to me is is obviously the the double standard yeah you know with, with the with the thing as a whole so but i think like yeah i i agree i agree with this jab at trying to get at the culture's kind of like support of the idea of these guys 
you know, going on to announce, you know, their leave as, a, as some other way of garnering attention towards something. But see, I don't. And, and Marty re- responded to his post saying, like, I wasn't trying to my he's like, my influence is 4000. And I think he was kind of jabbing at his because John's like 236000 people, huh. you know, so I think Marty was making the point, like, I'm not an influencer. You know, he's yeah. like, I'm just someone who has worked in the church for the better part of the past 30 years. And now as I'm kind of I'm letting people know who follow me like that's this has become the way that we talk about this, you know, yeah. in a space. And so I think he was just following suit. And then like John, he's announcing it actually with more influence because he's going to literally thousands and thousands percentage larger to like judge this guy out in the public and shame him. So it's like, who's the greater influence? Andy, here? he said he doesn't judge people. <laughs> no, but Marty's a Christian or was. Oh, that's well, right. I guess that, but I guess it doesn't matter now. Like, right. It's like, if he's out, then why do you feel the need to say something? So I don't, uh, I don't know. The truth I, I, I saw in there was he, it was, he said like, Hey, your questioning isn't new. I mean, yes, that, I that for that. sure yeah, is right. true. And you know, the church has been wrestling with things forever, but again, to what we've been saying, a lot has to do with a, how we put information out there and b the construct of wrestling. I mean, Erie, you might know this better than uh, you for sure know this better than I would. Um, would you say in church history, I don't know how far back you want to go. You just, you do you. <laughs> Um, but in church, in church history, like, it's too bad that people can't see everything because the hand movements with that were, it really accentuated it. By the way, I think my bold mood is the hair. It's also Andy. I think it's Andy just brings it out. He brings it out. Um, but would you say like has questioning, always been like because he's like they've been questioning these things for 1500 years but i would say that that's taken on different forms obviously oh, throughout sure. the decades oh, yes. Yes. you know what i mean so like what is yeah. the issue here because i get that people have been questioning that i think that what he's saying there is true but it does feel very different now than even 10 years ago let alone you know yeah. decades and decades ago so i don't know can you speak to that at all in terms of like the journey and how questioning like it seems to can, me I that can, deconstructions like like you said Jesus and the rabbis but it why is it then so weird now well i think i i don't know i will quote sky when he talked about an episode whatever it was um he talked about foreground beliefs and background beliefs yeah. and for a long time christianity just operated with a, a set of background believings from mm. which things were questioned uh, that that are now those background believings are now being called out and examined. And if you start questioning other things in light of the questioning of those background things, the foundational things, you question them entirely differently. So oh, so does so so Sky was making the point that in a majority culture you could make certain certain assumptions and have certain conversations. And even there, mm. when I was like studying apologetics, um, I wasn't pursuing the truth. I was pursuing how to defend uh, my point of view because I believed right. it was the truth. Right. Right. So I wasn't I wasn't questioning it as much as I was looking for the best answer. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. And so so uh, yes, we've been talking about hell um, forever, of course. Um, but but that talk hasn't always been good, healthy, or true. 
Um, and, uh, but yeah, when you, when you attach the hell issue now to the authority of the Bible, that feels like a much bigger issue where the goodness of God, whereas before those were just things held in the background out of which you would, um, question, have questions about hell. You know what I mean? Now yeah. hell is the symptom of the much bigger thing that is now being questioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what no, feels that's, different to me. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Because before it was okay to be like, oh, that's just something maybe we don't fully understand versus that's something yeah. I'm picking apart. Well, notice what, how he even said it. He said, you study the hard questions until your mind is renewed. Mm. So the idea is, and I may be projecting onto him, but the way I heard that was, listen, it, it study it until it makes sense. And if it, if it doesn't, right? God will give you insight. And um, that's what being, having a renewed mind is or whatever. And, 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 and so his, you know, his just, Hey, we need more of the word. We need more of the word. We need more of the word. Um, that's something that Josh would have said, you know, years yeah, right. ago. Um, so I'm just like, ah, yes, but, but it's not that simple. It, it's right. like the Bible is, is provoking a lot of deconversion. And so, so right. he's not yeah. just saying, Hey, just give me the word. Uh, that's, this, uh, that's not the answer. Uh, just give me the truth. No, no, no. The, the world is way more, more complex than that sort of simplistic view. I yeah. think there's a way of approaching the Bible that you need to help people with. And there's a way of seeing the Bible you need to help people see. I mean, I think there's work to be done there. Um, it just, but just saying, preach the word. I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't. I don't buy it. So I don't know. I mean, I would say question questioning feels differently now um, for sure, because everything seems up for grabs and everyone seems to be believing what is right in their own eyes. Mm. And so the tension for me is Christianity is a revealed faith. It's a faith that's been handed down from eyewitnesses to us. And so there is a part of me that's like, well, there is something to leave. Right. There is a there is a core here that you can leave and that you can disavow and that you can renounce. I think the thing we're all learning is that, that core is smaller than the way Christian cultures made it seem. Well said. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. and so yeah. what we're trying to do and the reason we thought this worthy of conversation isn't to talk about these individuals at all, but to simply say leaving the part uh, or the subculture that's grown up around the core doesn't mean you've left the core and mm -hmm. it's too early. How you treat somebody like Marty, how you treat someone like Joshua, when they're in the middle of that will go a, a huge way in determining, right? Whether or not the core even remains plausible or desirable mm -hmm. for them. Yep. I right. mean, Jude puts it this way, be merciful to those who doubt. Now, I don't know the context. There seems like there was some pretty radical false teaching that was going on there. But taking that text just straight as an exhortation, you're like, well, then I think the best thing to do, like if, if Joshua were sitting in a room and said, hey, I'm renouncing my faith, the, the first thing I'd want to say is, dude, I'd love to hear about that. Not because right. I'm like curious in some sick way, but because Boo, this seems worthy of conversation. Right. right. This seems worthy of understanding and empathy and process, right? It mm -hmm. doesn't seem it doesn't seem worthy to be used in either direction as virtue signaling. Yeah. Right? So here's right. the conservative virtue signaler saying, well, da 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 and here's the progress. No, I mean that's just no, no. Man, God, it's just the the game is so much bigger than these stupid moments that'll be forgotten six months from now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like their stories yeah. are so much bigger. And I just, I, I, I have to discipline myself because I so want to jump in on every freaking thing. And I just mm -hmm. have to go, man, this isn't, this isn't how it works with our kids. This isn't, this yeah. isn't how we parent, right? So why in the world, if we who are evil know how to parent, then how much more so than Jesus? And so I'm mm -hmm. just like, well, so with Hannah, I mean, she's got huge questions and it's okay. She, she doesn't, I mean, we talk about the, the podcast and, and she's fine. She's just like, dad, I'm not sure I buy it. I'm not sure it's real for me. And I'm like, well, the last thing I would do is say, well, babe, this is called falling away. And <laughs> this is called and, backsliding. And you yeah. just oh, no. need you just need to read the Bible more. More. I mean, that's the last thing I would do is is some lay some sort of legalistic trip on her, right? Instead, it's like, oh man, this sounds interesting. Tell me everything you're feeling and thinking, and here I am with you, and we'll walk together, and blah 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 blah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel well, like the church has this. I'm sorry. Go. No, no, no. Keep going. Nah. Nope. There's I forgot. The, the no, <laughs> shut up. The church has this unbelievable opportunity uh, to give a gift it has not given before. Namely, to not be threatened by... Mm, yeah. Well, like, the, the Jesus movement is not threatened by whether Marty so-and-so publicly does what... It's not. It's, it's right. just not. And... And so I don't feel the need to overreact to this. The reason I wanted to have this conversation isn't because I'm worried, but rather I'm really hopeful um, yeah. for people like that. Like I'm sitting with a guy who is um, a guy who is, he experienced the worst of megachurch culture, a, a huge denomination in Southern California. And the son of its founder was just this awful thing. And the church was covering it up and blah, blah, blah. And this guy is now in this massive influential position. He's doing stuff for Lady Gaga and Jay-Z and Ben Affleck. And he's like, I mean, he's, I mean, it's unbelievable. And I'm sitting across from this guy going, and, and, and this guy's convinced he's left the faith. And, I, and I'm just mm. going, what are you talking about? I mean, holy cow, you are in the perfect position, right? I see God's fingerprints all over you, my man. Oh, my right. word. You're like the Joseph. Uh, the, the, I mean, you, they're in a position to do so much good. And the good that he's doing is Jesus-like good, right? I mean, yeah. it's like the kind of stuff that Jesus would be into. So all I'm saying is I, I just think that that... that um, these sorts of announcements kind of provoke some really awful stuff by everybody. And I'm wondering if people just need to keep being reminded, hey, following Jesus is much bigger mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it, than, than what you were taught, right? Uh, yep. And it's still following Jesus, but it's, but it's not the straight jacket. And so th that's what this guy hmm. from Skillet seems to miss. He, he seems yeah. like he's still promoting the straight jacket. Um, yeah, he's promoting the same thing that they left. Exactly. You know, that's the thing. It's just yeah. like, it's like, dude, like your approach to this is why they're leaving. I mean, it's, it's amongst a, a, a number of other things, but it's like, uh, I mean, and that's where it's like, it's, it's tough. Like, yeah, there is some, there is some truth to what you are realizing, but I think it's because you're also in that place. You actually kind of see it because you're a part of it. And I think that's why we can realize his, his, you know, not at like the influencer thing is a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. But at the end of the day, like to then just like flip the coin and then go after him and say like, oh, it's not on feeling. It's this. It's truth. It's that. It's like, okay, 
fact. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, nah, it's like, this isn't, you know, this, this goes back to like, you know, the whole grace before truth conversation. Right. I mean, it's just, you're sitting there throwing truth in a basket at a guy that you say you don't even know. Like, yeah. it's just what, it's like, what are you actually trying to accomplish? See, that's the thing. He's not trying to accomplish a connection with Marty to discuss it. He just wants to have this passive argument with this, you know, invisible culture yeah. and not actually have a real relationship and discuss it with somebody. And that that's that's precisely kind of the issue. Whereas you hear Joshua and Marty like saying publicly, you guys have been so gracious in my response. The DMs that we've gotten from you, like you can see they're having relational conversations with the people that are going through it. And then this guy just decides like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw a bag of hammers into this and watch what happens. <laughs> right. Well, right. I think. And it's, right. Yeah. Well, because those the, the this whole thing is like reminding me is it should be a question that brings up is like individually but also corporately like our ability to hold pain. I think that needs to expand as a church. You know, we had this oh. neighbor the other day that mm -hmm. um like sirens like fire engines and stuff, and so I ran out there. I knew he was elderly, and it turns and so I was like, is, is everybody okay? It turns out his wife had a stroke. Oh. And I offered, mm. I know I offered to take him to the hospital because I'd never seen him drive. So I, and I've never met these people. I don't, I, but I know they don't know anyone. And I said, you know, and he's like, no, I'm fine. Well, the next day we went on vacation. So yesterday we've been home for like a day at eight in the morning, the doorbell rings. We go to the door and it's the older gentleman and he's standing there and he sees me and just starts sobbing, just mm. sobbing and says, hmm like through his tears he says she didn't make it she didn't make it and his Aww. wife had passed and so later that day we brought over flowers and food but my son said the most interesting thing he said we don't know him so how come he cried on our doorstep mm. and i mm. just kind of looked at him and i said i think he felt safe with us because we went and asked him if we needed help and so we got into this big discussion that we should be people that are able to hold pain well because everybody's hurting and they're going to come to us and need a place to put their pain. And if we want to be able to show them Jesus is we have to hold pain well. And we see Jesus doing that all the time. And we just, we don't see that in culture. And I like these stories grieve me when we lash back out because their process is painful a lot of their things because we've right. all all individually have been in mega church culture we know that can be painful and so what they're not sharing is their pain but it's there do you know what i mean and we yep. have to be people that hold pain well you know if you have not seen the anderson cooper stephen colbert interview the full thing um that i think it was sunday last sunday night or something maybe last night i don't hmm. know but but just google it um, it's 40 minutes and Colbert says some stuff about suffering mm. um, and being a person that could hold pain well. I mean, it, Bonnie, your, your talk, um, your, your, your words right there made me think, I mean, I, about not grieving well. So he and Anderson get in this conversation about grieving mm. and oh, what man. Colbert does. Oh, I mean, I, it's some of the most profound public theology i have ever seen whether That's you cool. like him or don't like him he says some things about suffering that I, i'm like good lord may we all be so winsome mm. you know Cause yeah because yeah. you're right because there's the there is such a, a a place that we enter into the universal 
like brother and sisterhood of humanity. And right. so, no, that's good. Yeah. Um, all right, we got we're about hour ten, so uh, we're gonna we're going final thoughts, Andy. <laughs> oh man, I mean Bo- Bonnie's. I'll just take Bonnie's final thought. <laughs> okay. Mean, I, yeah, I think Bonnie you know, just mic dropped the whole thing. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's if there's like, okay, so what do we learn from this? All right, that's good enough. <laughs> that, that's a lifetime of <laughs> of reconditioning right there. Yeah. Hold. <laughs> I'll take up. it. Seriously, that's, that's it, man. Okay. Tim, I totally agree. <laughs> I wrote down a bunch of questions that I was going to try to ask you guys to wrap things up, and then you guys hit all of them pretty much. So I think you guys self-wrapped. Wow. We're wrapped. Wow. I need to straighten my hair every week. <laughs> Maybe it's because there's it's, there's not so much for the thoughts that filter through. It's like a <laughs> right. See, I wasn't sure if you guys were ready for the firepower today. I mean, it took two people to replace me leaving the show, so I didn't know what was going to happen oh, once snap. I came back on. <laughs> I mean, the, hey, math don't lie. Well deserved. Okay. Math don't lie. Have you been sitting on that one though? I would imagine yeah. you've sat on that one, Andy. That's a pretty uh, I, good. I thought one. of it this morning. That's, I did think of it this morning coming in. That's pre- that's a pretty good. One. I was waiting for. I was waiting for the right moment. That was excellent. <laughs> well, brothers and sisters, listen. Um, hopefully, our our goal in these things is that is that somehow we not only that we grow, but that we're we're trying to model a certain way of being in the world and. Um, I, I love how Bonnie says that. And, um, you know, I, 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 our hope always is that the beauty of Jesus comes shining through somewhere along the line. So, um, thank you as always for listening and thank you for putting up with us. And, uh, you know, on behalf of Bonnie straight hair, um, Andy's three and a half children and, uh, and Tim's chest hair, which is shockingly like a lot. Um, I want to say, I want to say goodbye and have a great day. See ya.